Yo, what's happening, everybody, man? This is Jerome Thornton checking in with the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. And um, right now, man, there's been a whole lot of different things going on. I really do appreciate that everybody that's, you know, that's just that's out there rocking with me and everything. Um, man, it's been a while. It's been almost about a month since I put up some content. You know, it's been a whole lot of different things going on, you know. Um... I'm going to get a little personal with y'all. You know, this is volume number 74 of the Quarantine Lean Edition. And I was having a conversation last, about three weeks ago. And somebody that I was really close with, they're, um, well, let me break it down to y'all, right? This person's home was broken into back in the day, early 2000s. 50 Cent was out. Uh, I think Lil John had just about broke on the scene. You know, um, it was a it was a great time to be alive. You know what I'm saying? I mean, in the club, you know, the 50 Cent joint was pumping. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and it was just cool. And, you know... My good friend was a, you know, was a hustler. And um, he was just one of these people, man, that to me, you know, when we met, we had a similar background, except I was going to school. Um, I had just graduated, top of my class in real estate, which really ain't saying nothing. It's only one semester. But anyway, I always like to throw that out there. It was like, I was sumo cum laude, okay? Relax. <laughs> But anyway, I had I had two more associate's degrees as well. And um, so I'm on my way to NIU and I had finished up my first semester. And my God, law school was in sight. And me and my, you know what I'm saying, me and my homie, we kicking it, this, that, and the third. He's having relationship problems. Me, myself, personally, at the time, I'm with the love of my life. And um, or the, at, the, at that time, the love of my life. So I really don't, got, I really don't have these problems. You see what I'm saying? But they going back and forth, this, that, and the third. Make a long story short, he gets out of, he goes to jail. He gets out of jail. He hits me. I'm coming back from school. And before you know it, I started getting like a barrage of calls from him. He's telling me, hey, bro, come on home. Like we finna drink. It's steak and shrimp and all of this type stuff. And I'm just like, bro, you know, I had a test the next day couldn't fail this test you know i mean if anybody know anything about northern illinois university right we talking about club du sable baby club du sable you know what i'm saying that was the that was the that was the place for all the communication majors you know so cool of course you know what i'm saying i'm i'm out here grown man i never lived on no college on no college campus because all the cool dudes lived off college, you know, off, off campus. You know what I'm saying? I had always had my own apartment. So as I'm getting these calls from him, everybody else is hitting me up saying, yo, come through, come through, come through. And for whatever reason, I'm avoiding him and I'm going to kick it with other people. 
because I knew, guess I, I guess when I knew when I got home, I still needed to study. So the caveat couldn't be to come home. And then you see what I'm saying? I probably should have did it the reverse. Came home, studied, then when he kicked it. Right? Didn't want to do that. Make a long story short, as I'm coming home, um, I see police outside of my apartment building thinking this is interesting because everything that I was trying to do was avoid like kicking it on a Thursday night. I actually did. It was like three something in the morning and all of a sudden I'm like, dang, you know what I'm saying? Like they must have raided somebody over here or something. And then as I'm getting close, I'm looking and I'm like, man, I see the corner. What? And then as I'm getting closer, it's right in front of my apartment building. My best friend was killed, man. Not my best, best friend, but a good friend of mine was killed. He was my next door neighbor. He was killed in cold blood in front of his child, in front of his fiance. They took the money. And they ran. They left. Whew. So I'm in a conversation with somebody. Good friend of mine. We reconnected. We chilling. We sitting up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, going back through old school music and everything. You know? And... um all of a sudden, man, our night just kind of like came to like a tumbling halt because come to find out this person who was the accomplice in the murder robbery is out of jail. I was emotional. Um, I was angry. I was upset. I felt like I wanted answers. Um. It was just a lot, you know, and I made some phone calls, man, and I needed to talk to some people, you know. It was not a good day. I say that wholeheartedly, and sometimes, man, scars that you have and different pain that you have, sometimes those things never go away. You just do a good job at being able to hide and control those emotions and make sure that there's a band-aid as big as Texas is on that thing. But they never really heal. I cried. I think I punched a wall. <laughs> but then I also um, got some of the best advice in regards to just like, hey, like, when do we let go? This dude did 17 years. And from coming from a very, very rough background with me. I never thought about letting go of the pain of the hurt. I never considered. Anything else. So, of course, the conversations that I'm having um, is very candid. 
is very honest, but also very predictable because everybody's mad. I thought that I was the only person. And then come to find out this person, I didn't know him. But they have an attitude, this, that, and the third. But I'm just letting y'all know that, like, that's what I've been going through, you know? So if y'all been missing my content, you know what I'm saying, man, I really do appreciate y'all staying down with me because that's just one of the things, you know what I'm saying, that I've been, you know what I'm saying, that I've been experiencing, you know? Being a being a real man, family and friends matter. Nieces and nephews, uncles, cousins, you see what I'm saying? Childhood friends. I re- I still have childhood bonds with my friends, you know, f- from high school. And it's amazing. So I'm very, very protective of different things like that. So, but let's get right into it. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate y'all for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Um, I said that I'm going to stop yelling and cursing into in the podcast. I'm going to try to become more calm and you know, deliver the content the way that it needs to be delivered, you know, straight, raw. I don't know, you know, just just give it just tell it how it is. So. If you all are followers of the show. Right. I've always been I've always talked about relationships. And I've always Champion black women, and I've always challenged black men. There's a reason for that because I really do believe that without strong black men, our black community is going to. Continue to go to different areas that our ancestors or our grandmother, her grandmother and her grandmother's great grandmother never seen. So what does that mean? That means that. When you. Consider the amount of chaos that's going on in our community. And there is no strong black men around. Here's what you get. You get black women are number one. Number one in regards to missing girls. And women. There's a correlation there. When strong black men aren't around. Guess who. Is being put into the system more. 
black boys, black girls. When strong black men aren't around, guess who is number one in poverty within children? Black boys. I'm an economic, socio, social science person. So, you know, I've done, I've been doing deep dive studies forever. Like this is, this is really who I am. And I, and I do this not only because I enjoy it, but I do this for the love of, of people, of my people. You see what I'm saying? I'm not a, I'm not a racist. I'm not anything like that. Um, I'm just concerned as I think at any other person who really, really adored their people would be. So this is this is this is our problem as men, black men. We are so competitive with each other. Right. To where. We'll actually create a lane. If, let's just say, for instance, if you looked outside and there was a big piece of land or matter of fact, a lake. And every, it was a thousand black people in the lake. All black men. I can promise you within a couple days. That lake is going to be sectored into groups. And those groups are going to start to compete with each other. Those group of black men are starting to compete with each other. And naturally, that's fine. Right. But we take it to the extreme to where. The thousand men that's in the group. You know what's going to happen? They're going to start to then. Tear down. The weaker element within the group and say to themselves or communicate to other people that's in the same pond. Hey, you see that guy over there? He's not strong. We don't like him. He's a lame. He's a buster. He's a hater. See what I'm saying? It's automatic. We have this automatic cancellation thing within us. That has not been addressed. Okay. So let me make an example. For you all that follow the show. I talked about. Why it's not cool. For Boyce Watkins. For Dr. Boyce Watkins. And. Roland Martin to be into it all the time all the time Roland Martin is a leader in his own right and so is Dr. Boris Watkins and even though right they stand for two different things when they cross paths they some of the time I'm not gonna lie I have seen Roland Martin do some bullshit Right. And low key, 
Boyce ain't perfect himself. He will get on, he will get on YouTube and cuss people out. Both of them do this. This is the reason why I said I have to bring my tone down. But what I'm saying is, is that these people are two media juggernauts. In our community that have a large following that people look up to. It's not a good idea and it's not a good look for them to be beefing on out here in these Internet streets. <laughs> I'm gonna make another prime example. Tariq Nasheed and Dr. Umar Johnson. They was on a social media spat. Insulting each other, calling each other names. But in the meantime, though, our people are still suffering and you guys are supposed to be the leaders. Hey, you know what? There's some things that we could take take away from Tariq Nasheed. There's some things that we could take away from Dr. Umar Johnson. Both of these brothers are very, 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 very smart and intelligent. What I'm trying to say is black leadership. It's not cool to beef. It's not cool to put each other down. So this brings me to the meat of the show, the meat of the watermelon, baby. If you if you're in Louisiana, you know what that means. That means it's really good. <laughs> um, why is it Kevin Samuels has exploded onto the Internet? All right. And he to me, in my opinion, and what he's doing. And what he's bringing to the table is astronomical by communicating with African-American women and accountability is not the word that I'm looking for, right? And the great words of, of Kevin Gates, maybe for everybody that's out there that understand this. If y'all listen to Kevin Gates, you'll understand. Kevin Gates said, I'm not a rapper. What I do is not rap. It's not hip hop. It's reality rap. See, I talk in reality. And that's what Kevin Samuels is doing. He's speaking into reality to not only black men, but also black women. We are coming, they are coming into terms and saying, hey, look, what is it about black men that's keeping you all, that's putting the expectations higher and higher and higher and before you know it you got three kids 
you're 39 and you looking for a man that's making $350,000 a year and you want him to wait two years until y'all get married to even have sex with you. But in the meantime, you want him to be this person who pays all the bills, who buys all the cars, who puts clothes on you and your children that are not even his. While you sit back and just chill. Won't cook, won't clean. Won't properly raise the children, won't even be his support. You just want to chill. Oh, and on top of that, by the way, save all your money as well. So he's supposed to do all of that. Now, mind you, this is when they want a, a man that's making $350,000 a year. Can you imagine a man that's making $50,000, $60,000 that's in a marital or committed relationship? And he has to cover everything. And the expectations of this woman, this black woman has the whole load on this black man's shoulders. There's a problem with that. But OK. Our good friend, Dr. Umar Johnson, was just on the uh, was just on the Breakfast Club. Had a, a great informative. Interview. A little controversy up in there, but y'all go check that out. Charlemagne the God, DJ Envy and Angela E. Y'all go check that out. But it was also talked about after his phenomenal Breakfast Club interview. And I seen some things that. He stated about Mr. Kevin Samuels. And he started to use a lot of different things about the sisterhood. And about how they could be exploited. Degraded. Used for their social and mental trauma. And he's speaking directly to Kevin Samuels. And he said, oh. And about nine other YouTubers who, by the way, are not professional, have not been to. Um, college. Who don't have licenses, who don't have degrees. You know, he's talking about the manosphere, you know, and this big masculine movement that African-Americans are creating. African-American men and women are starting to follow our lead. And I'm thinking here. You know what, Dr. Umar? With all due respect. I dare you come out in public and try to tear down another black man. And you doing this all while you're on your campus of the Frederick, of the Frederick Douglass Academy. 
Come on, bro. You could have easily pulled that man to the side and said, hey, you know what? I'm a licensed therapist. Here are some pointers for your show or this and this and this. Or maybe we could collaborate. Didn't do it. There's an opportunity there. And here's the reason why there is a real opportunity, because you know what? And if and if any fan of Dr. Umar is out there and if you guys disagree with me, I'm not going to use the word check me anymore. Right. I'm going to say respond. To your concern, because check me means, you know, that there is an aggressive undertone and you know what? Nah, I'm 43 years old, bro. I could give a damn about raising my voice over the Internet or on Instagram or on YouTube or wherever this shit is. I'm not trying to do that anymore. Growth is what they call it. (laughs) But, yeah, you know, raise your concern with me because I'm a fan of both of these gentlemen. But one of and, and this is the reason why I'm not exactly sure if. If Dr. Umar was coming from. A place of ignorance because he doesn't know about Kevin Samuels show. And if he watched it all the way through counseling. From a licensed therapist. Is his main driving force. Black men are too competitive. With each other, not. We're too competitive with each other. It's a cancer. We're the only we're the only people, we're the only men. That can't go across any of our communities and not really be in danger. Where your antennas are always have to be alert. The quote unquote real niggas can only do that. Yeah, I'm good in any hood. It's a damn shame that us as men. Us as men are not able to communicate with one another all across the globe. Or at least across the United States or at least across town. It's a communication problem. You can't go over there because those black men don't have a problem killing another black man just because he's over there. And now we're seeing it on all levels. Now it's starting to become clear. Dr. Umar, why are you speaking about how good you are and counseling? Won't you start counseling us black men like Kevin Samuels is using his platform, not only because it may seem like that he's trying to degrade black women. He is not. In actuality, he's lifting them up farther than what they've ever been within the last 20 years. There is a reason why Oprah Winfrey has been highlighted Versus Dr. Shazada Ali. There's a reason. There is a direct. 
distinction and correlation with why black women, black girls dress the most revealing. Because can't nobody tell no woman how to raise their kid and how to dress their kid. They're going to do what the hell is they feel. How often have you heard that? You can't tell me how to raise my child. Matter of fact, when is the last time that anybody was able to say something to a group of black women and hold them accountable? Give them some constructive feedback. Even when Gail did this, a elder of ours, elder of our community, when she stooped as low as she could to mention Kobe Bryant's name. And that man hadn't even been dead six months. Snoop Dogg called her a bitch, which was wrong, but that's where everybody deflected it at. What is wrong with you? What are you doing that for? Now, here's where the game gets real at. Kevin Samuels has stated that high value men, positive, productive men, I repeat, do not beef. Do not beef. So, from a moral standpoint, even though Dr. Umar lit him up, and other YouTubers. I want to see. If Kevin Samuels. Is not going to. Respond. Y'all let me know what y'all think, man. Um, on our next show. Of the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. It's going to be volume number 75. I think I really want to. Talk about. Black men and communication with other black men. Why can't we communicate with each other? Y'all let me know what y'all think. And y'all let me know about the show today. About why black leaders or black men should not beef. Should not be overly competitive with each other. About why. Why? Why shouldn't we do that? And I think that we see the direct effects of these things from the examples that I was talking about. About black boys being in poverty. About black women. Number one is missing. About black girls. Number one is missing. See y'all we. We've gotten to the point to where. 
we still telling the shooters, shit, if y'all shoot it out in the hood and a little baby get hit, we still got to stick to the G-code and not snitch. I started this back in, along with me and my two other co-hosts, we started this conversation four years ago and saying, hey, if we don't step up and tell the OGs, hey, bro, that's against code. You out of pocket, homie. I've been consistent with my message. We don't we we cannot no longer move like this. Because we're getting too many tragedies. Younger kids are dying. Women are dying. Children are dying. Not to mention the amount of men that's going to jail. I didn't even know I had this on my heart, but I'm going to say this. My Lord, they killed, they killed Pop Smoke. They stole his Rolex, y'all. And according to reports, sold the Rolex for $2,000. Are you kidding me? And the boy, one of the one of the people that was involved was a 15-year-old boy. He was a boy. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say we need strong black men? Because guess what? If his father was a productive father, he would have knew what the hell his son was. We can no longer blame white people. I'm done. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I know races exist. I lived in Louisiana. I could give a fuck. Oh, here I go again. I tried y'all, but I could, I don't care. Y'all please excuse me. I'm a work in progress. Okay. And I promise I am. I lived in Louisiana. I know what racism looks like, but we just cannot keep letting racism paralyze us. We can't. We can't, y'all. Because if we're thinking, if we're thinking in this scenario, in this scenario, that wasn't, that wasn't racism that caused Dr. Umar Johnson to respond to Kevin Samuels. That wasn't racism. That was Dr. Umar Johnson being competitive. And low key hating on that man. When the only thing. Even if he did have some rational points. As his peer. He could have approached him offline. Why else would you say something online? This man makes his living off of this. It'll be something different if women from all around the globe are. No, no. He is very up front. Hey, look. This is what's going on. 
And then on top of that, he's doing this on behalf of black men. He's trying to help us out. So. We just have to we just have to understand. That we we are much better people when we help each other. It makes us feel good. We smile a lot more. We notice our potential. And make no mistake about it. God smiles on us as well. I believe God is real. That's a whole nother conversation, man. I really do appreciate y'all for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Look, y'all pray for me. You know what I'm saying? If y'all believe in the creator, y'all pray for me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to pray for y'all. Man, y'all look out and support and try to be a leader in your family. I don't care. You don't have to be, um, wait till you 40 and be like, hey, look, I'm going to lead my family. No, you, you can start at 17. You can start at 14. You can start doing little things. You can find a mentor. You can do this. You, you can just do a whole lot of things, guys. I'm just asking people to be better people, bro. That's it. But I really did enjoy bringing this segment to you all. And man, listener support, like my podcast. I'm trying to get my podcast to grow as well. And you guys have been doing a great job. Man, salute everybody that's been listening um, across seas. You see what I'm saying? From everywhere, from um, Colombia. I got some listeners in Africa. It's some listeners in Kuwait. Man, salute to y'all, man. And you know, give me a shout out sometimes. Or, you know, leave me a voice message. I don't mind about... Shouting out anybody that, that that calls to the show, even if you do have a responsive concern. Thanks again for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Y'all have a great evening.